Town. I'm Dan, and we have we have a special guest with us, Brian Jack. Oh, the clapping! Ah. Straight out of straight out of Second City, I.O., also known as Improv Olympic. I was actually there when it was called the Improv Olympic with you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. We I remember on on your resumes you have to yeah. s- you had to spell it as one word because they were I think they were already starting to get the the lawsuit out of them. <laughs> I also remember when they changed it, I was like, okay, so do we do a little I, big O? Is this how this goes yeah, now? Yeah, so right. When I do a resume for that one, do I do little I, big O? Because yeah. that looks stupid. <laughs> it, it looks, looks like, so weird. Anyway. It's just like kind of some strange Dr. Seuss world that we're living in. I know. Branding is so strange. And yeah. they, they yeah. pretty much, I think Sharna is like, you know, so, one of those people that like lets the branding sort of happen, which is why... Improv Olympics sucks as a name, too, if you think about it. It just became cool because of its history and the legacy. But yeah. The day that she picked Improv Olympics, it just sounds stupid. Did did it get changed to Improv Olympics? Improv Olympic. Oh, just Improv Olympic. But, yeah, the name, the, the name is, yeah. Wait, what was it? Improv Olympic or Improv Olympics? Improv Olympic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I don't know what's going on. I forget. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I do have stuff from back in the day I'll have to I'll have to look at it, but I think you're probably right. It's Olympic. Yeah. But it makes sense to be Olympics because you're going to go watch improv and improvisers do like improv Olympics or the Yeah. The Olympiads competition of, to yeah. see who's the best improviser. The Olympiads of improv. Yeah. Like, something like that. Yeah, these are the these are the best of the best. Yep. Or at least they're going to fight to see who's the best tonight. Right. Or keep fighting to see who's the best. I don't know. But that's what I thought the name sounded like it was supposed to be. But. Like gladiator improv type thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they did kind of do that. Not cutthroat style, but like friendly competition at first. And they would get like teams of priests against teams of like firefighters. Yeah. Like anybody they could teach how to do the Herald to. They would teach them to those groups, and then they would get them to come and like do performances. Yeah, kind of cool. That old theater in Wrigleyville was amazing. Yeah, I used to love that place. Like that, that like that garden unit it had, like that basement. Oh, that theater. Yep. Like even if like when it was full, you had like that obstructed view over by the window by the entrance. Those windows, by the way, popped open. So if they really wanted to like do something cool for game day they could have like a 
windows open to Clark Street kind of sit, sit, uh, seating. Yeah. But they just never really were able to take advantage of that. But that would have been kind of cool because it's a block away from Wrigley. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. There was. R.I.P. Now, game day. Was, was it just playing playing board games or was it also playing improv games? Is that what game day was? No, I mean, Cubs game day. <laughs> What the hell? Where are we? Where are we at? Where did I? I was in two different worlds. Yeah, because I, I was saying patio seating for game day. Yes, in game day, and you were thinking game day. What's that? Oh yeah, are we playing? Are they playing Balderdash at I.O. and I wasn't invited? Why would you need to open the windows? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I understand. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking I was also theater games. Yeah. Are we gonna play Zip Zaps Up? Nope. It was. That's a, the place must have been a cool Wrigley Field bar at some point, and then they got bought out, and then whatever IO came. Whatever. What was it? Eighty one? Didn't they? they no, get, because they didn't get into that spot in Wrigley until ninety two, four, ninety five. Oh, r- that late? Yeah, because before that they were like cross currents, and then before or after that they were at um, what's the what's the bar that was two doors down from IO that wasn't Bar Louis? It was. Uh, oh, Mullins. Mullins. They played upstairs there for a while. I think that's where Farley might have joined up. Maybe Cross Currents. I forget. But, yeah, they were at a few, you know, ragtag spots before yeah. that building. And I think it was like 93, 94, 95, somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah. So. Jeez. Kind of cool to think about what was in there beforehand. I'm sure there's a couple cool Cubs pictures out there showing you what was. Yeah. The, you know, but as I.O. as far as I was concerned. And then they had a whole rummage sale. <laughs> right? I.O.? Yeah. When they closed down the new space? The, or the old space. That, that space, right? I know. So, not that I know. I think they took everything with them. Oh, they took everything with them. I, I Are you talking about my red chairs? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> my they, red chairs are from when Sharna was having like a fight with um, – the new owners of IO about payment and let's get, you know, she was basically like trying to get the deal done. Yeah. Yeah. She fought. She was like, I'm just going to start selling stuff. I have bills to pay. So she first started selling these red chairs and I was like, fuck. I mean, I saw nerds walking in who'd never probably done improv and didn't know anything about. Yeah. And I was like, why would they want those chairs? Come to find out they're also the old Chicago stadium chairs. You could see them during like, Blackhawks games and you know Jordan games those floor, all the way up until ninety one the floor seating yeah chairs. so I I I stopped her and took the last bunch which was I think I got like thirty or forty wow so I don't know what I'm gonna do with them but I just couldn't let them go to just anybody but you know they were also paying some money for them so maybe I I you know if I put them online I could get them if I really needed to but uh, I actually is there like bought a, them with a friend so I got to be careful is there a seal of auth- authenticity no <laughs> but you know what you could get a letter from Sharna yeah. which has its own cool entertainment value to it and then her story linking it back to Chicago Stadium I mean that's not bullshit like they. Everybody knows they did that, you know, you know, garage sale from Chicago Stadium. There's a lot of these chairs kind of floating around yeah. there. So hopefully it's worth something. But I was just saying there's magic in those chairs and they got to get to the right spot. I don't I was just a, like the, I'm just a carrier for the, the ark. Yeah. The ark of the covenant of yeah. Chicago. That's where 
the two three-peats happens. Yep. And I, I want to give these to a theater. You know, I want them to, I literally want them to pay, overpay. Give me top-notch dollar. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the, I want them to go to a theater that gets, you know, funny shows in there. So there's other relics of Chicago that, that, that come to mind when, when you bring this up. So now I start thinking of Old Soldier Field. And yeah. there's got to be some of those seats that saw the 85-86 season. Yep. Like that would be one. Uh, old Comiskey, the old Comiskey, the same architect of Comiskey is the same architect of Wrigley. Only yeah. Wrigley predates, uh, or I'm sorry, Comiskey predate. Uh, yeah, Wrigley. Yeah, 1910. So those are some pretty cool baseball relics, I think. And then if you could grab a little bit of the ivy. Yeah, you can. The- they they chop them and then they put them in dumpsters behind the stadium. So like. You, I don't know if they do it as much anymore, but they used to do it so that you could be like, just go dumpster diving for some ivy. What is it? What not there like? It's like Boston ivy and then some other strain. Yeah. There's like these two different strains they have of the ivy that they use. Yeah. Boston. Boston. Oh man, it's been like two years, but I used to give tours there, so I should the know. The English this, and Boston or Boston and I don't oh know. My God, it's been so long. I know the grass is a blend, Kentucky yeah. and like Oregon bluegrass or something like that and then the dirt isn't that the dirt have a little bit of a mix of of brick like red brick or well that's the warning track that's the warning track. yeah the warning track is crushed red brick the the field and is actually there's a lot of sand and they do that for the absorption and the watering purposes but there's a ton of sand there's like a huge layer of sand before it starts to the, the turf oh really yeah oh man helps with the like i said i think it just ho- helps water that particular grass the best or something oh with the sand yeah okay and and is that sand also the infields where you know they're running through as well is that i think it's different that's the baseball dirt dirt. whatever that mix that they use yeah i'm trying to think of like because all people i always ask me like what was the coolest thing because i was a tour guide for wrigley yeah that's right i'm still technically on their on their their roster, we were but it hasn't come be, back yet. We were supposed to be rooftop. Yes, that, uh, that was a separate thing, but yes. Oh, that was a separate thing. The uh, rooftop job was coming be- right before the pandemic. The pandemic. <sighs> that was going to be fun, but that was basically just like running a show. Yeah. Almost like yeah. a Ed DeBevix weird. Yeah. We didn't know what it was going to be. We were working on it, but this rooftop wanted comedy and wanted entertainment, and they wanted me to run it. Oh really? Yeah, and, they, and I think you know, I, I, I the more meetings we were getting, there was like, yeah, it's gonna be great, and I was like so gung ho, like, what am I gonna do? And then the next meeting, they're like, yeah, you should come to the beer meeting. I'm like, beer? What do I have to do with beer? You know? <laughs> and so I was slowly finding out it's gonna be like probably food and beverage. Oh right. And, and you know, building operations manager. I'm like, oh, so I'm kind of glad it didn't go through. But they talked. They wanted somebody in there who had party planning sort of uh, or hosting yeah. MC, that kind of stuff yeah yeah that but. man that 2016 run that was that was like that whole I, I i believe like me being a cub fan that whole run um of just how the romanticism of being a fan yeah and waiting that long it's like, well, I have to stay a fan. I mean, it's going to be so incredible. And, mm-hmm. You know, like when it does happen. 
And because of that, you know, I think that was the difference maker between the Cubs and the Sox for me. Even though the Sox, I don't know if everyone knows this, they're the, they have the second longest drought in mm. MLB history, 88 years. Yeah. But in both of their last World Series, our second, I guess they, they faced each other in their last World Series. Uh, but I guess that wasn't true. I'm trying to think. The, of f- the first World Series. The first World Series that they both went to. Yeah, 1906. Yeah. And the Cubs were juggernauts. That's what it was, yeah. The Cubs were juggernauts, and then the White Sox were the grind them out team that were called. They were even called the Hitless Wonders because they had such a low team batting average. But they, they could w- still point, win. Yeah, they could still win the game. Yeah, that was a. And they beat the Cubs. Yep. I don't know. I think it was five. Cubs only managed one win out of that series. Yeah. yeah. Some great stories that came out of like some of the Cubs nerd fans and they came and they would they would teach us, you know. And a lot I got to be honest, like and here's the behind the curtains for the tour guides at Wrigley. Yeah. Is that it's like you know, 20 people and they all have different tours based on their own preferences and what they like. And some of the old timers have had their own spiel and yeah. tours for for years. Not one ounce of funny or fun in it. It's just like storytelling and tour guiding. And then there's the newer people like me who I'm like, I don't fucking know shit about baseball. I just memorize facts and then I try to entertain everybody. Yeah. And I also know enough to pad the yeah. the walls a little bit. So it was a pretty interesting, you know, situation there. You never know what you're gonna get. It, but most people don't listen to you that much anyway. They just want to okay. be in Wrigley. So when you were like feeling like you were in the zone, <laughs> like while doing this, like what were the what were Andre the... Dawson's talking about like where he is now and how he was the MVP of the year. He came before he came to Wrigley or before he came to Cubs. He signed for no money, right? right. Because they were they were like in some sort of a. The financial sis- financial situation in the MLB was weird. The owners were doing weird things. Yeah. They got later got called out for it, like in the nineties, had to pay ba- back pay on that stuff. So they at that time they were kind of underpaying everybody big time. Yeah. So Andre Dawson got even more underpaid to come to the Cubs, and I just loved that story. He just wanted to be here because his knees sucked, and he thought that yeah. Wrigley would save his knees and allow him to play longer. Longer. Yeah. So and then I love that he's now an undertaker in Florida. He basically runs a really successful mortuary in the in Florida. So I was like, all you Cubs fans, if you want to get a funeral, and, you know, the most authentic Cubs funeral you'll ever have, have Andre Dawson bury you. You know, you know some great, great sod people. Yeah, to put over your grave. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, that's where I learned the dumpster diving thing. Like all, a lot of the garages oh. around Wrigley actually went and got the ivy, so that they, if you go around Wrigley, you'll see some of the garages have ivy. A lot of it is ivy, literally from dumpster diving yeah. in Wrigley. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. So, those are the most interesting things in Wrigley, I think. Plus, the Cubs or the Bears played there till seventy-one. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, this was the this was the point that we already hit that break point of. They both played equal amount of seasons yeah. at each venue now. We've finally gotten to that point. Really? Yes. Because up until a certain point, Wrigley Field had the record for most amount of NFL games played inside of it. 
of any other place because Bears played there for so long. Oh, wait a minute. Like the, I think the Giants took over that record not too long ago, but the Bears also uh, had one season in in uh, University of Illinois. Oh, yeah, so they still got one more season to go, and they're about to have their next seasons in Arlington Heights. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they'll never pass that Bears uh, at Wrigley. Yeah, but it's that it's to that point. So like yeah. next year will be the year where it's equal. Yeah, equal amount of seasons at both Crazy. venues i didn't know that cool yeah 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 gail sayers oh man wrigley what, you know what a like what a legend and he had a short career too right yeah yeah he did yeah but he he pretty much paved the way for all the legends like walter payton mm-hmm. oj simpson oj uh, would have played at wrigley if jim you think brown about it. yeah oh yeah you're right Anybody pre seventy one, this is where it gets tricky for me because at seventies Yeah. At sixties and seventies, NFL players blend. Blend because they had like OJ was sixties yeah. into the seventies. Yep. But uh, like Unitas, you know, Wrigley. I mean oh, you go wow. that far back and you got Namath. Would that have been uh, Yes. Yeah, Namath definitely. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, you start to really kind of do the math, and you're like, holy shit, there was a ton of people that played football I mean, there. You had the first few Super Bowls that happened in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So Bart Starr. Oh, yeah, the uh, and the Packers. The, 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 yeah, that Packer. Well, didn't, didn't they win the first two? Yep. Jesus. Fucking Packers. Dallas and Steelers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, 79 yeah. and 80. But that was 79 and 80. Yeah, but, that would have been the, too late. But the Steelers, did. they did win three, didn't they? Yeah. This is this is again. This is where I get bad with. <laughs> so so t- <laughs> my stats break down. Terry with, Bradshaw was from the late sixties. Yeah, so that would have been. So that would have been the Iron Curtain. And yes, yes. Uh, Franco Harris. Franco Harris. Or was Franco Harris right? He's the running back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking Mean Joe Green. Mean Joe Green. So these are guys who are all accurately Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I'm just not sure if they played with one another yeah. in those yeah. years. <laughs> but there's a good chance they played at Wrigley, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Playing at Wrigley. I used to have a Steve – or I still do. I have a Steve Largent rookie card. And I and I had it – I got it from a friend who just gave me, like, his older brother's cards. And they were, like, great cards in there. And I had them. And I found this one. It was, like, rated 100 and some odd dollars. So I was like, cool. Yeah. My brother Andy stole it from me and took it to the card shop. Sold it, went and bought himself a pair of uh, Charles Barkley shoes. Like yeah. they just come out. So I stole his Walter Payton second year football card. Went and sold it and got so I, I got fifty sixty bucks. What? We had this like theft war <laughs> in my house for me. But um, a couple birthdays ago, uh, my brother Andy gave me a crisp Steve Largent rookie card. Oh, <laughs> like, that's sweet. Yeah, but it, <laughs> kind of a weird. He probably played at Wrigley. That's what. I, <laughs> That's a long-winded way of saying I think he played at Wrigley. Lou Brock. Oh. Lou, okay, let's just talk baseball. Wait a minute. Baseball is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. when it comes to Wrigley. Yeah, everybody yeah. played there. Everybody 1920. Played. I mean, Jesus. 1920 is when the Cubs Babe officially Ruth. started playing there. Nineteen. Yeah, ni- no, 1960. That, oh, sorry, 1920 is when they officially called it Wrigley. My, oh, yeah. My bad. Okay. What was it called? 16 is the Cubs because that's when. And you still, he had Shoeless Joe play. Shoeless Joe, yeah. Jesus. Did he? Or no, because that's American League. Yeah. Damn. 
man, that sucks, man. How many they weren't doing the interleague thing. I, I really feel like let's just get it to a point where it's like the NBA and MLB. Yeah, where y- there's no. I mean, yes, you have. Yeah, the Ameri- why not? You have the American League and National League as far as I think they going are through with the that playoffs. Hit, you know, the way they're doing it now with interleague yeah. play. Yeah. I would like it a little more, though. And the pitch hitting is starting to – is uh, getting – what did you send me? I would like to play the entire league all season. Yeah. You know, like not just the one division that they split up each year. Like let's play all three divisions from the um, – is it three divisions, right? Yeah, it's three yeah. divisions. Central, north. Yeah, yeah five on each uh, – we used to have six. Remember, they only had four in AL West, and then mm. we had – Houston on our division. And then the, the same thing with the Bears. Bears had five. They had Tampa Bay. It was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, we had expansion a, shit. Yeah. It was, okay, we'll take Tampa. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. I would love that. I would love that. Well, the, the, the DH. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. The DH is a go this year. That's that that That's agreed on both sides. Good. So that's something so that's that already blurs those lines between like the leagues in my mind. Then, well, I have a feeling that you know the National League's version of a DH is it's going to change. It's going to change the whole thing of a DH. Yeah, it'll be it'll be DH for pitchers, or or even like Mark Grace's, you know, like guys that can just poke that ball through the through the infield. They're not necessarily sluggers. Yeah. This can, th- I think it would create a whole exciting new way of like, oh, yeah, the National League's version is this, and the American League's version is, you know, these it lumberjacks. Is a, it is know? a good answer to what has been the last decade or so's obsession with home runs, two decades' obsession with home runs yeah. over the game of baseball. Yeah. Like, people just, they only put their heads up now if the ball cracks off the bat. Right. Certain t- <laughs> I I mean, I love small ball. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's the way to watch the game of yeah. baseball. Uh, Home runs is just the uh, ESPN version. Yeah, that's that button, yeah. you know. But I, I, I just love everything in between that that adds to the drama of the, yeah. the, the how the story unfolds. Sure. I you know, My only gripe with baseball is that you get lost in it. It's, it honestly, it's like a be- – like, um, You could take a nap to it. Yeah. It, it's like a, it's like watching Game of Thrones or one of those big oh, ones right. though too. But if you lose if you lose interest halfway through the season, you're almost fucked because when you come back to it in like yeah. July, so much has changed yeah, from right. June. You're just like screwed. Like last year when the Cubs were in first, yeah. and then you had one of the pi- the pitchers <laughs> we're going to the World Series. <laughs> one month later, they lost like what was it eleven in a row? I thought you were gonna say eleven players, <laughs> and then they lost eleven players. <laughs> Yeah, they. I think they lost about that many players too. I, was that like two? There's only one guy on the team that would have been on that World <laughs> World Series team. At some Let's point. get Schwarber back and Solaire for the DH. Yeah, right. You he's know? got a. He's got his ball still up on the the uh, the the jumbotron. You know, I think. All right. So they have it all. They probably like you know Cubs relic. It's gold. You know. It's still up there. They encased it. Oh, they enca- they yeah. encased the son of a bitch. Yeah, that's great. That's pretty funny. We got All Star Weekend, NBA All Star Weekend. Oh yeah, and and you got worst dunk contest of all time. I literally went downstairs. You're just saying that because there was a Mexican that <laughs> <laughs> that, that took uh, runner up. That's who. That's who the competition was. A Mexican. Yeah. 
yeah, he was where he was sporting the. I didn't even know this. Like my brother's like, did he win? Like yeah, he win. I'm like, you know, that was on a thread between my dad and my two brothers and me. Did he win? And I see the name and I'm like, oh, this. And then they're like confirming that he's Mexican, Mexican American. I'm like, oh, Mexican American in a slam dunk contest. Yeah, that's funny. And he looked good, like the th- yeah. the the picture, like, and he lost to who was it? Another guy, <laughs> Toby uh, Obi Toppin. Oh yeah, Obi. That's it. Obi, Obi. Toppin. Yeah, and I was like, oh well. I love the name Obi Toppin. I'm like, parents were huge Star Wars fans. I know. That's that's the first thing I thought <laughs> of when I saw. Thing I, you could think of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Obi's such a great name. Isn't there? It. But there's a pizza joint. On the south side. Oh, I'm sure. It's called, uh, but it's called Obby's. Obby's? Not Obi. Yeah. <laughs> it's Obby's. <laughs> I had a boss at a pizza joint named Obby. Oh, did yeah. you really? Yeah, this Mexican guy. Hey, Sam, how you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. He was uh, wearing, like, the cook pants and everything. And, oh, dude, that pizza was great. Little Joe's. I think its original location was on 63rd Street. Dude, that was the best. And Little Joe's? Yeah, I worked there at the Tinley Park one. And, oh, man, you get so much. You, you, you worked at a pizza joint before, right? No. No, you didn't? One of the, one of my biggest regrets. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. I thought you did as a kid. Oh. But uh, not that Monocle place that you were talking about? No, I never did. I mean, my friend worked at a pizza hut. That Monocle's would have been a good job, actually, where I grew up. But oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man, free food. Oh, whenever. I know. Oh, the meatball sandwiches, the calzones. And then whenever there was a pizza screw-up, every place I worked at, whenever there was a pizza <laughs> screw-up, you know, some black olives on the son of a bitch, and I was like, all right, I'll eat black olives with sausage and pepperoni and bacon. Yeah, that's how you get to learn uh, new toppings. Yeah. Yeah, stoner, <laughs> stoner <it>. toppings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, no, I wish I, – I've even thought of – in the last several years being like, I just kind of want to work part-time at a pizza place. So I start to get the feel. Yeah. But they don't make their own fucking dough anymore. It all comes pre-made now. (laughs) Like, you know, Giordano's, all those places, they just take out like a bucket of like pre-shaped, pre-sized dough. They're getting made somewhere else. And then they're at a commissary or something. Or maybe there, maybe there's a different shift making the dough, but they don't really like, you know, because the dough needs to be made like, yeah, overnight. It needs and it needs and they're sectioning it off, so they're taking out one, you know, fresh pile of dough per yeah per pizza. Yeah, so they're not like having to cut it up constantly. Yeah, but I want to learn how to do that good because I started messing around with it in L.A. and I love homemade pizza. I love uh, it. Do you get frustrated when people identify Chicago pizza with only deep dish? Like I, I no, because the tavern style to me. Is Chicago style. Yeah. Because that's what we grew up right, on. Right. Like down the street. Yeah. I had no idea because my even then we called deep dish Chicago style. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's, it's really, see, yeah. but you had the tavern style oh, yeah. more but regularly. That, to me, that was just like what they were serving in New York because that was not Chicago style. Yeah. <laughs> but that was our more. But that was Chicago that style. That was the true, because that's how common we were eating this son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody eats this around the world. Yeah. My my local one was, uh, <laughs> shit, Pensonville. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Yeah, because the art. Na- it's not Nancy's because that's stuffed. And I, I don't really know that place, but I thought of it as a fancy schmancy place back when I, when I was a kid. It was like, because um, whenever we had pizza, 
Oh, Angie's was ours. Angie's? Yeah. The local the local place is the best. Yeah, Angie's on 79th and Arnold. That's when I grew up in Bridgeview. Yeah. And then when we moved to Tinley, it was Guardi's. Yeah. It was Guardi's. And then, then they had, dude, they had pizza in Tinley. I was like, dude, there's a bunch of, bunch of Chicago transplants coming out here. Yeah. At Village Pizza, you got... And it, is it was there? There's a big Italian contingent in the that area too, right? Yeah, in Tinley, yes. Like was. retired. Yeah, yeah. Like to your point, like coming from Chicago, retiring, sort of in the yeah. affordable suburbs, right? Because right. they had tons right. of great Italian food down there. Yeah, yeah. You got Rocco's Little Italy. Yeah, Dude, that place, that place is yeah, a awesome. Italian joint, man. Yeah. They got a great deli out there, Rubino's, Rubino's. and then there's also Fratello's. Rubino's is my in-laws local, and, and I keep telling them, my friend knows the kid. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he I used gr- to bring them in art class. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah ceramics. Told, yeah. He used to tell us. Yeah, you told us this story, Brian. Uh, it doesn't get us a discount, dude. so shut up. Oh, man. Great breaded steak, uh, great beef. Meatballs. Oh, the meatballs. I, I actually think that lasagna is more interesting there than anywhere else it's got like a it's it's a different yeah, style of ricotta yeah. it's yeah. so good yeah yeah and dude so good there's so much to be said about the italian sub and the eggplant yeah like i don't think i've had it but oh man i can imagine and then fratello's fratello's and 183rd and Harlem. i've been going there lately and it is as yeah. far as sandwiches go is that where you're talking ferraro's Right by Fratello's. It's Fratello's like right there. by the the Civic Center, or the oh, uh, right. the okay. Convention Center, uh, the Tinley Convention Center, right right by gotcha. the highway. Yeah. So you turn into like you're going to the Convention Center in that first like shopping strip right yeah. there, strip mall. Gotcha. Oh man, that deli. It's it's new, but then they got all the things like a you know new deli. A, Jesus, like a new you know because like you never see a new deli yeah. anymore. You're only seeing old delis yeah, hanging right. on for dear life. Right. And so <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm seeing this and it's. Okay, it doesn't have as much of the grocery store thing to it, but it's got the coolers with all the pre-made lasagna and you know the soups and 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 what what have you the the cannolis and tiramisu's in there and you know like, but I've had their Italian sub and their breaded steak, and their eggplant is incredible, man. It's oh my god, it's so good. All I know about every time I bring up like let's get eggplant for the last twenty years, home or everywhere. It gives me a, a gas pocket, and I can't get it. <laughs> so I, we, my wife gets a gas. She bubble. gets gas pockets. She gets gas bubbles from. And that's all she remembers is probably one time thirty years ago she ate eggplant and had the farts, and now she can't eat it. But <sighs> I like it. I like eggplant. I, 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 yeah, yeah, it's got that nice texture. Yeah. 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 What but about um tortas, man? Oh, well, I got a, I got a local now taqueria. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. Why? I just tried to do it. Taqueria? I'm, I, I'm you, such you an audible. Was, no, yeah, that was good. No, but I'm like an audible guy. That was like, that was, an RBI, that was an RBI base hit right there. Well, I feel fraudulent even trying. I feel like I got to oh. go extra white when I say. Oh, you did it. Cultural, you, you know. You, you, you check this out. Taquerias. No, I like the taqueria. Taqueria? Yeah, so you, 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 got, <laughs> you had an RBI, you know, you had an RBI right. base hit. All right. Well, I, I like it. All right. I like it. I went to, I went to it to get a tour. They got the. Uh, a tarta? They got a uh, the most amazing marinated <laughs> chicken tarta I've tarta. ever had in my yeah. life. The bun, the yeah. bread, oh, it must be coming so from good. some 
like miracle worker, magician, some shaman back there. Some shaman. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. the best bun I've ever had in my life. Oh my god! It's the best sandwich in town. So you know, I'm not fluent in Spanish. I, I know some Spanish. So the lesson that I'm learning, I'm, I'm on that Babbel. I'm on the Babbel, and that app. And uh, they were talking, dude, torta, torta. Yeah. And you could, you know, there's there's two ways to say sandwich. So there's there's a, a few ways you say. I think a bocadillo is is another way. Bocadillo. 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 And then there's there's torta, which is they use that bread that you know that that type of sandwich. Yeah. And then there's like the sandwich, like a ham sandwich, and that one, you know, so the the bocadillo is more like a hero or like a sub sandwich, but then the, your regular lunch sandwich, just take a wild <laughs> guess how you would say that one, just just think think American. Sandwich. <laughs> so, oh, close sandwich oh really sandwich wow and i was like Very i didn't close. even realize because i thought that was just spanglish when i was in pilsen like my my grandma you know danny do you want a sandwich you know and yeah. i'm like and, and she's she's saying it in Spanish because they would say a lot of words in spanish as well you know like i i knew avocado as aguacate growing up you know avocate? Yeah. avocate and then you know like i'll still say mango you know mango I, I'm, I'm saying mango yeah and th- there were certain words. Oh yeah. Oh, funny. Mocos. You know, I got a booger. <laughs> but the oh, torta, man. man the Mocos is burger. Booger. Booger. Yeah. Mocos. Mocos. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. My fr- My son sneezed the other day. Got some boogers on his uh, sweatshirt, and he goes, "Daddy, I got bless shoes all over my shirt." <laughs> I, I was like, "You idiot! They're called mocos." <laughs> And then drool <laughs> is vavas, vavas. Yeah. And my mom used to always say it to me, you got vavas, how are you then? I'm like, I know what that is. <laughs> it's my drool. And I still drool, man. I still drool. I got, got a bit of a sinus problem. Oh. I'm all kinds of fucked up. No, I'm not that fucked up. It's just drainage. Just drainage. Yeah, when you're human, it's just like yeah. a gutter. Yeah. It's just, you know. You got some things going on. I, you know, I would had asthma my whole life so i think that that goes hand in hand with the yeah you know, the, the drainage and drippage going on about every day somewhere about four thirty in the morning i wake up i go to the bathroom <laughs> and then i have to blow my nose but my nose blowing sounds like an elephant oh like the trumpet thing yeah my dad does that oh yeah and mine's like i go i go <laughs> it, it's like a mac truck man. yeah and do you do it on purpose? Like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's usually like it gets stuck. <laughs> the blow gets interrupted by the f- the force of, you know, the holding. It. It's like a dam, you know, that, that there's a booger that's holding back. You, you, you have to kind of lean back and then push into yep. it. Yep. I've I've uh, popped my ears blowing too hard before. I go for it. It is hilarious. But I do I get these crazy boogers, and it's because my my airflow is pretty good. So like yeah. I get obsessed with removing anything that's in its yeah, way. Clear those. Passes. But yes, it's gotten to the point where Laura's like, my wife is like, you got to go to the other end of the house when you do that, man, because that's so loud. It wakes everybody up. <laughs> it's so loud. Man. Everyone knows it's like 4:45 in the morning. Yeah, oh, I still got another hour and a half. I know. Fuck you, <laughs> dude. I got an hour and a half. God. And then I'm happily going back to bed because I got no more impediments in my <laughs> uh-huh. And then there's two of those on the other side. <laughs> are, you, are you a hanky carrying kind of guy or no? I'm a I'm a Kleenex guy. Okay, my dad was always a hanky carrying guy. My dad too, but then you you. You get like, 
his hanky would be like a little bit of blood on it. I'd be like, "Fuck you, get out!" This is <laughs> this is why we disposable from me. Kleenex is now in the new age, Bubba. My dad had so many hankies. He had like Vietnam War hankies. He had like these nineteen seventy one, seventy two, just out of Vietnam yellow hankies. Those were some cool, the, cool yeah, hankies. Cool. And they I, also smelled like their pockets. Oh yeah. So if you found your dad sort in a weird way repulsive, <laughs> like I did, you just didn't want those things handed to you. Oh. And and, and it's because like I I'd be like I'm crying. I want to hand me his hanky, and then I'd be like wiping my eyes with bloody boogers oh, or whatever God. the hell's on his. So if if he was less nasty, it would have been all right. Probably. Yeah. I, I I used to have a runny nose growing up all the time. Dan, take my hanky. <laughs> you know, and then I go into my dad's drawer where I knew the hankies were. Yeah. And they were, and I, I, they were like placed in the perfect spot. The hanky, my dad's drawer, like it was the top drawer, closest to the door leaving my parents' bedroom. So it was like, boom! Oh, you! Oh, I almost forgot the hanky. Open it up. There it is. So for me, it was like, oh, my dad has like these stacks hankies just in that corner just nightly nicely folded and then i bring it with me because you know you just having a drippy nose you just don't want to keep going up to the front to the teacher's desk where the kleenex yeah. remember how every do you did your <coughs> did your school used to do that growing up you had to bring for school supplies you also everyone had to bring their own box of tissue like yeah but then we kept ours in the desk Sorry. Oh, th- that was for your own personal. Yeah, we kept ours like at our desk. Ours was like a donation to the school's yeah, budget. I, was, I think my wife has worked at those schools or works at those schools. Yeah. Where you know, I guess maybe that cut the budget that much. Just yeah, come on, just can you guys get uh, you know? They can't. The- That's <laughs> the thing. It's like every year I do a tax write-off. Not so much anymore. About like how much money out of your own pocket did you spend for school supplies? Because the government is like well aware that school doesn't give you shit. So like you're yeah. constantly going to buy Kleenexes, yeah. markers, anything your class needs for anything. Oh so, wow! Yeah, these teachers have shit. Jesus. And then on top of that, they're like, you know, driving their asses. You know, driving. You, nobody lives near the school they teach at because heaven forbid you see any of your parents at the grocery store. You're gonna have to talk about their kids forever. <laughs> so like all these teachers, especially <laughs> in Chicago, they live nowhere where they te- by where they teach. It's just you know they don't want to. Well, that kind of sucks. It just costs money that, that way to have. We have one teacher near us in uh, in our neighborhood that teaches up in. Uh, Arlington Heights. Well, like my my new therapy job, I start in two weeks. That's over a neighborhood over. That's over in Bucktown Wicker Park. That's I'm awesome. like, this is the closest I ever lived to work since I was a teenager. I thought you were doing that from home. I thought well, I mean, the office is over there. So you you do have to go to the office, but you're doing most of your hours here. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I know, man. It's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be great. Speaking of psychology, yeah. I like. There was a. I'm taking a psychology of religion class. Yeah. I'm taking took a positive psychology class last semester. I loved, and I'm taking statistics, or not, but like um, research techniques and research for psychology. Okay. So it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm like learning, learning some of these upper level psychology classes, yeah. and I'm getting even more into the specific specifics of it, especially that religion psychology. There's. My guy kind of suppo- <coughs> supposes that 
it's not really a great match for people who believe in God or a God or are very spiritual and then someone who's agnostic to be therapy matches. And I was just saying to think about it because I never really thought much about it, but he's like, it, it comes up a lot. you know. Unless that's what that person mm-hmm. specifically is asking for is that challenge. But, yeah, I would say for the most part, no. Well, here's what he says, and this is great. This is a wonderful thing to post on this uh, podcast because it's kind of a thinker. Oh, nice. Like, is uh, do you is your conscience conscious conscience conscience yeah is your conscience thinking with the assumption that a spiritual or something higher built all this or created this, or are you operating with a conscience that believes that it's all nature? And then it, there is no, this is it. And so like, that's how he, he says that like you, this is why he, therapy doesn't necessarily work because one is going to bring in the bias and the other one's going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to agree that uh, based on your own belief system, if you don't want to believe s- certain things or, you know, <coughs> the whole process of like therapy, for instance, if, I mean, if you just believe in faith, in a higher power or God and don't I think that there's also grays in between that you know of yeah I believe in that and I also believe in therapy as well but if you just don't believe in therapy then it's not going to help you yeah you, you have you have to believe that something works in order to I mean yeah I think I think he thinks Christians or whoever get, w- would still get therapy it's just the therapist is going to be speaking to them like it, someone who's who doesn't believe in God and who's a therapist might actually think that somebody has like sort of a mental disorder when they're talking about their relationship with Jesus. Yeah. They right. might treat it as such. So like if they get in a fight or if they get depressed because their relationship with Jesus isn't as strong, they might actually give them antidepressants, wow. whereas someone who's a Christian might actually treat it like it's a real relationship. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, that's how I. Anyway, such a boring part of the podcast that I thought would be way more interesting. <laughs> no, I think it's great, man. It's interesting. You might end up with a crazy religious one. I wonder what you'll do. <laughs> you! <laughs> you don't believe in Jesus! Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. No, I, I. I think the story of Jesus is a great story. I I believe the per, I believe Jesus is real. I mean, there's for some a story like that <laughs> to be carried on. I'm you know I'm not no I'm not no dogmatic uh, Christian, but I would have to say there is argument whether or not what it was that 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 person did. That's that's crazy. You know, I'd be you know if if I was to see something like that happen where it's the second coming of Jesus. If I saw that, I'm like, well, I, I whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that blow, blow me. Blow my eye sockets out. Yeah. Be like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they opened the Ark. Oof. Yeah. Don't open your eyes. <laughs> that was a good Harrison Ford. <laughs> really good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Try to say some more stuff as Harrison Ford. He falsified the documents. <laughs> he falsified the documents and, and left out the details of side effects so you can have the approval of your Provasic. 
I just realized I think uh, Harrison Ford might be my style of actor. Really? I well, do, yeah, because I have a hard time memorizing. He's from Evanston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. He, uh, I have a hard time memorizing, and he seems like when he's doing his lines, yeah. like he's having a hard time <laughs> remembering. <laughs> swinging his arms. <laughs> but he's it's, like, ah, it's, gonna, it's, like it's, it's coming to him. Yeah, yeah. It just look natural until the lines pop in your head. Man, Harrison. Just everything he's in, <laughs> everything he's in, it's so Harrison. captivating. Yeah. It's so captivating. The Fugitive yeah. regarding, was it was that regarding, or awake, was it awakening? Regarding Henry. Regarding Henry, right? Yeah. Um, clear and present danger. Yep. Uh, what was the other one? That he the, did the the other Jack Ryan, the the guy the runaway the the fugitive. There's the fugitive. Did you say that one? Already? Yeah. Okay. Clear and present danger. Uh, <coughs> Star Wars. Did you say that one? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Indy Jones. Yeah. Dope actor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. So this is your podcast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking, looking around the room. Yeah, this is... This is going to get posted on the internet? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What have we talked about? Well, let, let's, 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 let's go into uh, uh, your... your trance. Let's, let's get into a trance now. A prayer. Well, you, you, uh, you did some things in Boom Chicago, right? Yeah. You, you got a poster up there on you your got, wall. Yeah, we got that poster right over there. What was it two two summers out there? I was there from two thousand five till two th- or like late two thousand five to like early or late two thousand seven. I would give it two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years with some space in between, some spaces. Uh, cause I came home and did one of those Second City ships, and then I went back over. Like a touring. The yeah. Because se- yeah. I was like, I kind of wanted to work for Second City. My girlfriend was still here. Yeah. So I was kind of waiting for a tour code to open up, and I did that boat. But then after the boat happened, I was like, fuck. But then somebody at Boom took a mad TV gig, so I went back over to Boom after I did the boat yeah. and waited until a tour code opened up. Okay. And then I came back to do the Christmas shows. With a tour coat with uh, Blue Co. And that's when I started touring with Second City when I came back. All right. Yeah. What and well, but I, Boom was much better. I didn't know until I until now. But I I would have I would Amsterdam have Boom forever had I known what I know now. Not really. I mean, it's it's the Amsterdam's the best. It's a dream city. It feels like you're in a Disney World. You know, resort, but area. you were you were living there when you were doing Boom Chicago. That's yeah, that's, that's where Boom is. Yeah. yeah, and you were we were traveling all over Europe and oh, so you were traveling. There was more than just Amsterdam and Boom Chicago. Yep. It was a lot of traveling on trains to like nearby Dutch cities or Belgium or you know, somewhere in France or something like that. But then occasionally you go to Ireland or I went to Malta one time. Where's that? It's like in between Spain and Africa. <laughs> it's like so it's like this little tiny little Jeez, country. You're on a whole pilgrimage. comedy pilgrimage. Oh, that was awesome. That wow. that was Malta was it wasn't that exotic. It wasn't ex- as crazy as I thought it was going to be. Plus we were doing like a convention center for in a bunch of Germans who were there for a convention. Yeah. So it didn't feel like we were anywhere crazy, but Yeah. Um and you did yeah. like you did like over a dozen 
commer- like 16 commercials or something in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. I think I forget how many, but yeah, I was the spokesperson for like an insurance company in, in Holland. Yeah. Which was, I didn't get that till after I moved to L.A. You were like the yeah. ma- the mayhem yeah. of this insurance company. Like that was the. I'd get my ass kicked by something <laughs> and then I would say, it's okay. I'm okay. And then they'd go, <laughs> and they would say something. Like it would translate to like, if you have our insurance, then when you get messed up like that fat guy. You will <laughs> settle for money. Wait, didn't you get like blown <laughs> up or something? Or yeah, trampled by cows. I got <laughs> shot up into space. Uh, I got, I got uh, what are some other ones. I got, I got a train coming. A train, <laughs> a bird, a bird. Yeah, like a bird flew in my face and <laughs> some weird ones. Oh man, That's I'm okay. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I could see like the audience feeling we don't care. <laughs> but he, the Dutch guy, he was like, uh, the he's like you are like um, wily coyote. That's what that's what the they think of us out there. We're just a bunch yeah. of wily coyotes. He wanted he wanted like really. I think they were probably ripping off ma'am. I don't even know. They wanted like wild things to happen. Say like you're okay if you have our insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. You're like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. You hear them talking. Uh, like, have you but seen? Yeah, yeah. They're just going, and then he turns around and just tells you that one thing. Yeah. Wasn't there a lot more chatter going yeah. on back there? Like lost in translation. I know a little Dutch, and it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't Wiley Coyote. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think. It was actually a really fun experience, but I think it wasn't SAG, so like none of it was covered. It was like, un- but because it was in a different country, my agent said it was totally cool, and I paid them the same commission. But like, the um, yeah, it wasn't SAG, so like some of those shoots, I stayed. Thankfully, I got flown first class overseas, oh, nice. which was awesome. Stayed in a really nice hotel and got like carte oh. blanche out of you know the room service, yeah, stuff. And um, and th- yeah, but. We worked like incredibly crazy hours, like twelve-hour days, and I was like literally stuck in mud. Not just like yeah. kind of for a minute. My face was in like cold, wet cow shit forever. It was just you know it was a really hard shoot. It was <laughs> what? Awesome, but Wait, it was really what? Yeah, we were in those cow paddy fields, and like they were like, "Now just put your face down." I was like, "In the cow mud? That's like not mud." <laughs> They're like, "Well, I don't need to speak English." No, I like. All right. So I, in my mind, too, I was like, these are going to be classic. This is what I'm going to be talking about on talk shows one day. Yeah, you know, yeah, remember yeah. this one? I remember this one? And um, I was knee deep in shit. Yeah. So I just did it. I just put my face in shit. Oh, just, my God. There's some horrendous, crazy things. And I got flown around like these harnesses that were like crushing my balls. And um <laughs> they wanted they wanted me to give them so much, and I just physically couldn't figure out how to make what they were saying happen because I'd never flown on wires before. My balls were, yeah, dying. It was oh, so hard, <laughs> so hard, but so much fun. Oh, uh, this is when you were supposed to be shooting through the space, yeah, like for every yeah that that the harness was for space, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I thought you, you were about to say no. I was I was <laughs> harnessed in for everything. Harness for anything. Oh, I was actually, if you think, because I got the harness. I had a harness on for the for when I was getting riding a bike, and then these, uh, and then I got 
ran up from on from behind. Yeah. So they my bike went flying. They like took my bike faster and then pulled me back on wires. Yeah. That was one of the takes. That hurt. Oh God, I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm not okay. <laughs> well, the yeah, the cut. <laughs> I'm you, not, I'm you okay? No. <laughs> it was fun. It was so fun, and I suppose I could call myself a stunt actor as well <laughs> because of that. It was like do your own stunts. <laughs> no one's coming in for you. <laughs> this isn't SAG. Yeah. No, that's why it was like there were so many dangerous things. But oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I I got harnessed into that caterpillar construction commercial. Oh, that's so fun! And you know, at first I'm I'm, I'm a little un- I was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know I, oh, man, I was supposed to be skydiving. Oh right. Yeah. In front of a green screen, and then they had this like industrial size fan blowing at me. They're like scream at the top of your lungs. <laughs> you know, look like you know, and, and, and put in and frame. You're looking at the cat app. Yeah. And so I'm doing that first, and they're like, just tell us when you can't breathe. And, like, within 10 seconds, because they said it, it was my first time doing it, I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> you know, it's like you're panicking a yeah. little bit. And then uh, then you start getting used to it. But th- they probably had yeah. to, they probably had to do, like, 10 shots, you know. And it's like, oh, my God. You had someone underneath me with a camera. You know, that's where the camera was. They were, like, right underneath me. And, like, the camera person was – underneath me so like they're laying down underneath me so they can get this shot yeah you know they have to have like that extra lens so they you know oh man and then then they thanked me because there was a guy that was like 350 pounds that was doing the same shot but (laughs) they needed like a table that he had to lay on to because it wasn't the the harness was bringing them all the way down to the floor they thanked you for not being 300 pounds (laughs) yeah we want to thank you for uh you know Having a sensible diet. And <laughs> God. Man, I, there was, I mean, there was a lot of green screen stuff where, you know, we had uh, the water skiers on my sh- on, on my shoulders. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that shot. That's and, so funny. And then the hot dog eating. Con- I was really eating. I probably ate like half a dozen hot dogs, shoving them in my mouth. <laughs> and the director's like, go, 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 more. Look at the cat app. Go, go, more. Look at the cat app again. <laughs> Surprise. And then I had to get my eyes up while I'm just like chewing and swallowing these hot dogs. <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. That was fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, filming commercials is oddly hard, harder work than people think it is, even though it's fun. Yeah. And a lot of times if it's comedic, it is. It's like stuff that you wouldn't do on average or even yeah. would be that much fun it's like you know it's a camp games like see how many marshmallows you can stick in your mouth like, like that's the basis of yeah. every funny commercial out there is like trying to scram shit in your mouth <laughs> blow trying to run and up. fall <laughs> getting blown up and it's the funny guys who get their asses kicked so yeah. it's it's harder work than most people think yeah i can most uh, most shoots that i'm at there's like multiple takes for a lot of physicality and you'll have to jump up on a table or slide across a table. Yeah. And this is all fun stuff until you have to do it just right. Look up, you know, not care about your nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, like John, John Ritter, you know, yeah. or like Chevy Chase, like these physical comedians. I think about all those jackass guys. They literally, oh, you they're know. They're really putting it out yeah. there. Oh, my 
I got 86 to literally. I've been bringing that up too many times on this podcast. But yeah, <laughs> what, the what jackass. That? That's the third one going on right now, isn't it? The one that's out. The jackass? Yeah. Oh, is that, I, it might even be more Four, or yeah. whatever. I don't even know. Yeah. But they used to make me uncomfortable. Now I think they're like geniuses, and I still can't really watch it. But I I appreciate them now more than I did when they first came out. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I got to see that one. I got to yeah. see that new one. Apparently, he got hurt in like a concussion that put him out for a while during one of these really takes. So yeah, it's funny to like think of how hurt they actually do get. Oh, filming these things and how it's not just like some crazy gimmick it is but it's also like they've made a whole life and career yeah on thinking up these things and performing them you know oh man i yeah. do think it's a little psychotic though you'll see something where like the prank is they get punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> like really hard on un- un- unannounced unannounced and then they laughed their asses off. And I'm like, man, I've never yeah, laughed when I got punched in the face. Like, these guys are true psychos. Yeah. Yeah, they're going up to the food truck. And yeah. Then they're looking at the menu, and then they have to get a little closer. And then, the, <laughs> then it punches them yeah. <laughs> right in the head. That one, they've got a few of them. They're like, when they get shot, balls shocked. Oh, God. There's some of these where you're just like, uh, it's, it's, I can't believe a human will do it. But maybe you or I would do it if we knew that there's like literally a hundred. I said it again. There was a hundred thousand dollars if for <laughs> us if we were to do like a series of these crazy well, ideas. I don't know. Maybe it comes easier. In that trailer, you just see, what were they on? Like uh, a skateboard or something. And then they, they, they get shot up that ramp. Yeah. And then after they get shot up that ramp, then they're having they have wings on, and they're trying to flap their wings, <laughs> which obviously these things are not, you know. Yeah, they've been tried. It was just like a hundred years ago when they thought they could, it might oh work to God. fly. In two hundred years, so they get shot up in the air, and then is there even any kind of padding when they get down? You know, like or how about the ones where the the porta potties get. Shicking around, they get crap. You know, though, was that was that uh, jackass? Because I seen yeah. ones from like so bad. Japan. Don Schwager showed me these videos. Oh, Here's a little Don Schwager. R.I.P. Uh, the well, not the Japanese Don, um, but they would go. They're going to the bathroom like in a porta potty, porta john in yeah. Japan. You know, like in a beach, and then all of a sudden. The Porter John is a fucking jet ski that's <laughs> that's getting shot out into the lake, and then these people are that were taking shit, and no. like trying to like navigate this jet ski back to shore. And this one guy who's taking shit, he successfully does it. You just see the camp, like you know, they have the hidden like a dash cam thing inside the portage. And then you see this guy, he's like the wind's blowing in his face and he brings it back to shore. Oh my God. And then there's ones where the elevator one, where the bottom falls out from the elevator, but then there's padding beneath it where, you know, they're just dropping like eight to 10 feet to pat a bunch of padding, you know, like a, like a nice cushion thing. Yeah. But it shows the look on these people's faces, the look of horror on these people's faces, because they're not, you know, they're not 
signing up for this. It's just a practical joke that's on some random person taking this fucking elevator. In Japan, it, like practical jokes are protected. Yeah, maybe. By the prime minister. <laughs> like, you don't have to get consent. This is yeah. too fun if they don't, yeah. don't know they're not going to die. Yeah. Uh, Sign Prime Minister Yudo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude, that's crazy it stuff. It is crazy. They get away with stuff over there, I think, that we couldn't do for whatever reasons here, but that's fucking nuts. They're taking it up a notch. Yeah. Fuck, that's crazy. I, you know, like, I would say maybe, like, who who's their top physical comedian in Japan? Oh, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Guy's got to be gifted. We should look out for yeah. him. Yeah. They make all those South Korean shows the the what's the one that they just did oh man my fucking memory recall is horrible right now yeah uh, squid games squid did games. you hear about this you need to watch it i saw so, yeah. oh you did yeah that was great awesome so squid game like and then there's another one with in the school that we watched the first like 10 seconds the other night and it's like somebody convulsing on the ground and my daughter's like right there. I'm like, ah, we'll skip this one. We'll skip this one. <laughs> this isn't family friendly. <laughs> Squid Games was horrendous, but yeah. like she had known enough people to see it that I was like, all right, let's take a look. Yeah. Just look away during the horrible parts. But those ones, those movies are like next level gruesome and in, in, for me anyway. Yeah. They're just, they're psychological tor- tortures as well as like physical, yeah, that is pretty crazy. Like these, <clears throat> I mean, what would you would you call that post apocalyptic now? Because the, there was still a, a, yeah, a it's functioning like a, yeah. society going on, but yeah, like they fantasize. It's like a fantasy. It's like, like a fi- sci fi thriller or something. Yeah, like of that. what the future could look like. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just this. It's interesting because it could happen today. Like this, yeah, it could happen. Like it's just a secret little society that a, a mixture of that yeah. and, and the purge or something. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Yeah, and then <clears throat> so you you and I both lived in LA. You lived there a lot longer than I did. Yeah, I moved there in two thousand nine. When did you move there? Two thousand fifteen. Oh no, two thousand ten for me. Sorry. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, two thousand ten. The year of Back to the Future Part Two, <laughs> and I saw DeLorean on the Hollywood freeway. Yeah, in 2015, that was awesome. I know a guy who owns a DeLorean out there in LA, so it could have been him. Really? Yeah, he's an old IO guy, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, he, makes, he has a show. He has a couple of like Netflix movies. One is about Michael Jordan and his like obsession with like collecting Michael Jordan shit or something. Yeah. And then the other one's about his DeLorean, his fast ass DeLorean. <laughs> oh man, I remember on my way to work because yeah. I lived in North Hollywood. When I first moved out there, and then I lived in Echo Park with my buddy Billy, that uh, does co-hosting with this. And uh, my way to work in the morning, taking the Hollywood Freeway to the Reagan. Oh yeah. And who do I see at like seven forty-five in the morning? Jay Leno driving like his little red sports car. I, I think it had to have been like a Ferrari, maybe or. Uh, uh, it looked like it convertible was a, though you could yeah see, convertible yeah. and you see him with the gray hair and then the one black mark <laughs> like that's how he does it now it's like yeah inverse of the way it used to be where it was just the one gray patch and oh then i didn't think about that yeah and uh there he was and he's just uh, full head of hair blowing in the wind yeah this big chin 
Well, I, <laughs> s- I saw him. I saw him a bunch because we lived in Burbank, not yeah. too far away from his hangar where he keeps his cars. Yeah. So on the right time, we'd come out to the intersection. We'd see him coming like an old Ford Model T. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of different ones, and we'd I'd always try to get up there and really invade his privacy, take some pictures and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> One time I saw him come into Walmart and he uh, he went over to the it's around Christmas time and he went over to take care of like the the people's wish list. What do you call that? The layaway. Okay, which I thought was really cool. Um. Anyway, so like yeah, he was around a ton, wasn't he? Yeah. I saw him recently. I saw him on this TV show. He went. He like parked up next to another supercar with his supercar, and they're like, Jay didn't think of much of an Acura guy. And he goes. Oh yeah, well they're the most reliable American <laughs> sports cars. They really are, and I call them not American. You know, like he, like his whole, he has like pre-canned bits about yeah. his cars. Yeah, yeah. So that when people are talking to him, even if he's not being recorded, he's just like on. He's on. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he's a fucking freak. <laughs> he's a Hollywood fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. We're doing a bit now. Yeah. So when he got in here, three hundred eighty-five points per hour. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, true story. True story. Yeah. Oh man. And you were you were at Second City out there, and you were also I.O. West. I.O., a little bit UCB. Did some UCB stuff. And UCB. But I did their I – I never was on, like, their Herald team because you have to go through all their classes, even coming from Second City, I.O., yeah. and boom. Yeah. But from my boom buddies, I was like, I got to do some shows with them. And oh, I got nice. to do, like, a couple of cool whatever. Yeah. UCB was cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was like a little little theaters out there that I, you know, the Groundlings. I went and performed there a few times in their improv shows. And the West Side Theater down by West Santa Side Monica the- is yeah. a good place to go to. And that's still that's still alive, right? Yep. Those yeah. are all the Mission Improbable guys, which is how I started out my professional improv career. Oh, really? Was, yeah. Those these guys from like not everybody knows these guys, but like these guys from like Massachusetts started a a group called Mission Improbable, just to be goofs on the name. Yeah. Ended up becoming this like road show that they toured around the colleges. Yeah. And they were like the biggest college show for improv. Yeah. Forever. For years and years and years around. I was like one of their first replacement guys to come on the road with them. So I did oh, like wow. two years with Mission Improbable in like two thousand right after we met, like two thousand two, two thousand three, something yeah, like that. Exactly. Nice. When all the colleges and just like drove all over mid Minnesota, Michigan, Min- uh, you know Wisconsin. Wow, got to know all those little crazy little small schools because wow. we'd be like their entertainment in the winter. You were just diving in with improv. Yeah, well, I got lucky because it got paid to do that, and they paid actually more at, than Second City. Yeah, so like that was their biggest thing. Yeah, and you'd get to go like you know I was twenty two and I was m- meeting other twenty one, twenty two year old college girls. You yeah. know, like it was. It was, yeah. It was a really fun couple of years. So were you guys hitting up college towns, or was that yeah. like, oh, nice, like New- Madison and yeah, exactly. And okay. the University of Wisconsin has like sixteen, <laughs> like satellite U of Ws. I, I don't know how many they got for real, but you, you know, it's like U of W in Green Bay, U of W, in, and so oh, you right, hit right. all the oh, the whole circuit and of you do their little theaters, your little show, and yeah. Their student council would pay, you know. Your, what our booking agent the same way they'd pay like a magician or a, a, wow you know, we'd we'd sometimes follow like acts like uh ludicrous and yeah. like uh mike perbigula i remember we went up with really like one year like he was the he was the stand-up we were the improv and 
It's just like, you know, they pair you with weird situations because they're colleges and they plan shit weird. So little by little, all these things going on at I.O. and Boom Chicago and this led yeah. led you to L.A. Oh, yeah, going back to L.A. So those West Side guys, that's why yeah. I play. Went to L.A. But, it, yeah, filmed some stuff, too. Worked on some shows. Done some TV shows. Yeah. Always trying to do that stuff. Always. Was there, like, a kind of a pilgrimage when you went? Was Was there, like... You and a few buddies are like, you know, oh, yeah, we're all going to L.A., you know. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. me and my friend Brad. Okay. Brad Morris. Oh, Brad Morris. He was on main stage at Second City, and he'd finished, and he's like, I guess I'm going to L.A. And I was like, all right. And we also were working this, like, Sears job at the oh. time, and there was, there was hopes that it would continue when we got to L.A., what was the, what was the name of that thing? The blue, like the blue crew, blue crew. That's yeah. it. That's it. And they were trying to like start like an Amazon sort of competitor, and yeah, they were gonna get us to do like these daily videos or something. At one point, I was like, well, that would be. It, it was gonna be the coolest job ever to move to LA with, but then it kind of fell through. But oh. I, we still went to LA. So. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was fun. He and I did a show at IO right away. It involved like Joe Nunez. And yeah. Um, Kevin Dorf, who was oh, yeah, right. just in L.A., fresh from writing for Conan for forever. Yeah, right. And a um, couple of uh, – Matt Jones, my buddy Matt Jones, who yeah. we did Boom Chicago with. We we did a show for I.O. like within a few months, and it was it was really fun. It was, yeah. really, it was a really successful, fun show for us to be able to meet production companies and pitch to, and also for us to like just meet people and show them how funny we yeah. were and stuff like that. And our, our our buddy Nooch, when when the, did he move around the same time you did, or was it a little bit after? Before, he was out there two thousand eight. I think. Oh, Jesus. maybe even two thousand seven. Oh wow. Yeah, maybe not that. I don't know. He kept definitely before two thousand nine, two thousand eight. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So he was, out, and they've been in the same apartment ever since. In West Hollywood, he wow. didn't hold on to something that sweet. Yeah, he was out there the whole time, still is now, so. Huh. Yeah, he's. Oh, man, he's hilarious, man. He's good for uh, <laughs> he's good for living in L.A. with, too, because he knows. He he just, yeah, he soaks up the, like, the local culture. Because he did that with Chicago, too. He's not from here, but you'd think he was. Yeah, right. And then in L.A., he had the same same kind of vibe. Just adopted it all. Yeah, and yeah. I loved hanging out with, like, such a positive L.A. force. Because right. a lot of people were stressing about their next job yeah. and auditions yeah. and career moves. Right. That's I ultimately Chicago is better for my mentality because of yeah. that. Like I just don't like being around a hundred other starving artists. I'd rather, oh. I'd like to be, I'd like to not be a starving artist first of all. Yeah, but right. I don't like com- commiserating with the shit. You know, so. it's rough, man. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's already tough enough. You don't want to yeah. talk about it all the time. Yeah, I'd rather just make bits. Go yeah. back to what we loved about it first, which is just making each other fucking laugh. And what Nooch does. What, and what Nooch does. What does he do? He's completely in the moment almost all the time. Yeah. And that's all it is. Yeah. And what is everybody else doing? Worrying about what they're going to do later. Yeah. Worrying about what they've done. And they can't get in the moment because they don't know how to fun anymore because the fun checked out when they decided they're going to do it for a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a commercial success. It's I re- fucked. I remember... When I moved to L.A. and I went, I would go on these little, little mini road trips around L.A. with with Nooch. I know. Just eating donuts and eating chicken sandwiches and more donuts and maybe having a cocktail like a little nightcap to and 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 the night 
with some film locations in between. Like and that's nooch too. Is like I, I thought that was our thing. Yeah. And then you're describing what I would say is like oh, I got this special little routine I do with nooch. Just me and him do it. Only he and I in the world. And then you're like. I got this special little thing, little thing I do with my friend Nooch. It's exactly what you do, and it's not special at all because he does it with everybody. Did he? Did he take you to that park? <laughs> Was it uh, Self Awareness Park? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds impossible. No, have you taken? Has he? Dude, let's give him a call. Okay. Let's give him a call. See if he's around. All right, I like it. Let Let's see if this guy. I'd like to know more about Self Awareness Park. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this place was incredible it was uh yeah here let's give him a call he was around he'll I, we gotta get him to tell the story about he was around one night jason sudeikis was like uh kind of ha- hanging out with uh eva mendes <laughs> let's see and they were like brian nooch laura do you want to go out for dinner and i was like no it's okay then laura was like you just got asked out to dinner by like really famous people maybe we should go so (laughs) perfect he answered he answered and then hung up fascinating what's that technique that was a weird (laughs) maybe you gotta give him a text heads up yeah like we're coming in live on a podcast bro that's very good, though. It's very a mind and brand. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, even they so they go out to dinner and we're like, "Fuck, we should have done it." And it was a cafe one hundred and one, so it's not like a fancy dinner. Yeah. So we go anyway, and we just show up. Oh, I I, I remember this. And we I look like such dopes because yeah. we were just like. And so I was like, no, we're not staying. And I was all paranoid and anxious. And this is how it was in L.A. It's like not having fun at yeah, all because right. I'm trying to, like, hang out with people. They asked, they asked to hang out with us more, and I started treating it like it was a business fucking move or something. Right. You know, it's like just my brain uh, acts yeah. differently out there than it should. Yeah. I don't, I don't enjoy I'd like to be out there or in New York with a show or something where I have a little security or something in my back pocket just because I'm sure my anxiety levels, like I'm sure I'd have more fun if like I wasn't so fucking worried about the money in the jobs. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was tough out there. It wow, was tough. but we like it back here better. I'm gonna try one more time. Let me give this another go. I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> it's really cool that you can do this with your. Yeah, my mix, my mixer. And so now I can just call. Hello. <laughs> hey. Hey. Wow, it, this is crystal clear. This is Dan Antonucci, folks. Oh, what a what a nice clear sound. Yeah, we're on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we uh, currently. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. You're hooked, yeah. you're hooked straight into the 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 mixer interface uh, via a phone line. Yeah. So you don't get the feedback. It's it amazing. Uh Wow! Yeah, nice built-in setting called mix minus, so you don't get any echo or feedback. You could just hear us straight. Oh, jeez! Doesn't this sound like a great podcast? Just explain. I was gonna say, is it just about sound equipment? No, it's it's a show about all tech. Like we talk about all tech things. Talk about phones. We could talk about TV sets. 
You know? Oh man, <laughs> euthanasia tools. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> tools to neuter your pets. You know, like yes, is... yes. Wait, what age were you when you realized that it was euthanasia, not youth in Asia? I think. Uh, fourteen, I think. What about you, Dan? I think it was like uh, 11 or 12 when I saw because we used to do the week. What was it? The weekly reader. Yeah. And so we hit and I think euthanasia yeah. was in on it, like for this for us to learn how to read. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they just made that name up. And whenever there was that story. Yeah. The Kevorkian story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. The 90s. What was the big story? Was it? Oh, Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah. Jack yeah. Kevorkian or the, the whole hunger strike. Because they wouldn't allow him to to euthanize people anymore. What a creep! Where he's like, "Let me kill your old folks. Let me kill yeah. them." You know. Well, a it's creep or a merciful angel. Yeah, he was great. My bad. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. It's uh, everybody's different. People really need to relax and just like <laughs> let everybody else do their thing and not worry about. It. As long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. What remains the best, <sighs> the best job in the world, or the worst job in the world? What's the most evil job in the world? I gotta say, it's probably euthanasia guy. The, 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 yeah, the Grim Reaper of jobs. I don't know. I I would say senator, congressman, <laughs> government employee. I'm just kidding, but also, I'm super kidding. No, oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah. We uh, we were calling. Honestly, we were talking about some of these. Uh, Dan uh, Gaten was saying that he had a special routine he used to do with you. He'd get in the car, and you guys would go get donuts <laughs> and fried chicken. And fried like, chicken sandwiches. What the hell, dude? I thought that was our special. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe like occasionally we'd go get a cocktail. I was like, yeah, go to the beach. I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, what? Well, I clearly have a type. <laughs> Maybe some some film locations in between. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. exactly. You discuss uh, some with. Uh... Oh yeah, what was the name of that park? Self awareness park, or what was the name? Of it? Oh, the self realization. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. That was a. Uh, that was quite an experience. Self realization. Like, yeah, self realization yeah. park. The lake. It was like this lake with all these. All encompassing uh, beliefs. It does. It has an. What's that? Oh, I no. can't quite think of it at yeah. the moment, but it does. It does have an official name. Yeah. Oh, but I remember it being like a, a dream, though, driving over there. No, oh, it's something like that. Yeah, it's like Weird. straight out of the Simpsons world. Funny. Yeah, it it goes by a couple of different titles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the well, there's a dip. The real question is, what what's up with that dunk contest last night? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. There was a Mexican involved in it. There was. That was the silver lining. <laughs> Dude, my family's been talking all about it. And yeah. I was like, oh, I woke up. I'm like, there was a Mexican in it? And then there, <laughs> as I'm, like, asking myself, I could see on the thread between my brothers and my dad, they're like, was he Mexican? Then I see an answer like, oh, yeah, there's a Mexican flag on his shorts and <laughs> You know, the Mexican his number. Yeah, it's number. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Special treat. Yeah. yeah, and how those guys got into the finals, I have no idea how they did the calculations on no. all those dunks. But I, well, lived, I don't know I, how. I went and watched the 2016 dunk contest with Zach Levine and uh, Aaron, yes. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. 
immediately afterwards because I was like, that was the last good one, right? So yeah. Oh, for sure. Who yeah. won that one? Uh, Zach. Zach won that one. And he did. Pr- I heard he did pretty terrible with the three point contest this year. Oh, he was horrible. Oh, really? But he has no lift on that knee, right? I mean, it's like oh, yeah, it right. just is like it's... freshly injected with cortisone, like yeah. yesterday. <laughs> so... I'm back. Sorry, I'm I'm walking. I had to put my phone down for a second safely. Oh no! But... Navigate some roads. Yeah. Talking about the terrible three point contest <laughs> Zach for Levine. Zach Levine, anyway. Oh uh, yeah, no, that was a kind of a quick sputter. Yeah, I think the the three point contest was pretty bad this year too, and all in all, but uh, yeah, yeah, for I, sure the the two of them have had more glory packed years than last night. It was kind of brutal. The two that come out to me is 1988 uh, three point contest. Larry Bird still in his warm up, <laughs> and he's just sinking three after three, and then on the last one he f- misses the first two. And then he hits the last three, and on the last one, he walks away with his his finger his finger pointed in the air. Just walked away from the shot. Shot's still going, and then it falls in. I'm like, oh, dude, that was so cool. That was so cool. And then the other one that comes to me was the was the 72 and 10 Bulls, Steve Kerr, three point shooting contest, sure. and he rocked it. Craig Hodges too. Don't forget, oh, he was Craig like, Hodges. He was like the. But and that was the days when you know NBA inside stuff, and then uh, and the timer. Sure. On the th- Hannah Storm and oh, Ahmad yeah. Rashad. Ahmad Rashad, and he wasn't he wasn't he married to uh, Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad, yeah. Yes. And, and then on the three point contest, the timer would go five, four, three, two, one. Ah, <laughs> uh, fun voice uh, countdowns. I miss the days. Those voiceovers. I mean, they had they had money everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were having the voiceover guys do stuff we have computers do now. Yeah. yeah. But back then, it I was think like super voiceovered. Sports I, arena culture and behind the scenes stuff is really fascinating. I always enjoy. Seeing the workers and what they're up to. Oh, I train the f- dancers and the flippers. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a whole other dancers thing. And the flippers. I, I, I've, I've seen a couple mascots without their helmets on, and they're just regular people, but they are serious about mascotting, and they love. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they train the gorilla. The, the gorilla. And the yeah, well, that's what I was about Sasquatch, to say. The Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. NBA inside stuff really like that oh, was the that heyday up. of like yes. Mascot. I always thought the Sasquatch was the coolest. The Seattle Sasquatch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Squatch. Agreed. They, they, wasn't they were all great. The Phoenix Gorilla. Yeah. There was a face yeah. between those two. In the slam dunk mascot contest. Yeah, I feel like Denver. Oh, the Denver had the the Puma looking thing. Oh. Rocky. 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 Yeah. Jazz had. What did, I don't even. Oh yeah, no, it's almost guy, like alien guy. Yeah. Jazz man or who, something. That's who did so the, weird? Who did the voiceover for Chicago, like the Chicago Bulls back in the day? For and now, that's the same guy. He just retired. The like the me and my son were there for his last game. Yeah. The year of pandemic, so 2019. Really? Yeah. They, wow. the, they played Houston. That was his last night, and we were like, "Holy wow. shit, that's cool!" Like, I so I, I his name's in my phone. You just have to give me a second. And then there's the the guy <laughs> at uh, at where the so- the Comiskey, new Comiskey Park, the that that Asian American guy. 
Tanahito, you know, he's got that. He's got like a voice. Timber. He's got timber. Yeah, he's got, you know, that bellowing. Man. Yeah. Just when they do the announcements there. Let's all do our best announcements. You've got a nice voice, Dan. Yeah, you do, Dan. Do do you do announce me and Dan real quick. So let's see how it sounds. Um quicker. Okay, so <laughs> I had to get in character. Oh, dude, so, so and now folks, you the moment you've been all been waiting for. Dan Antonucci and Brian Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I could have gotten a little deeper. I feel no, like, that was good. I want to run through a brick yeah, wall. I feel like pretty motivated. All right, I'm gonna go. Okay. And now, Dan Antonucci and Dan Dayton. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, very nice. Like good flourish. Yeah, okay, Dan. Dan, <laughs> it's yours. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Dan Gaten, bringing it apart, and Brian. <laughs> All right, guys, I got to go. I got a lot of answer right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is a good one to go it out on. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny that we can do these conversations on a podcast. I, I had a voice. Yeah. That sounds so good. I had a voiceover class. Uh, it was at this place called Vagabond School of the Arts. And Terrible name. Uh, totally legit. So I took on camera and and uh, voice over there, and there was this guy in my class. I was like making up a class, so I was uh, there was a guy sitting next to me, and this tall, skinny black guy with like this like kind of like Circuit City polo shirt on, and he just kind of <laughs> seemed like he had no social skills really, and I'm, he was nice, but he, he like when I said hi to him, it was very robotic like. An extremely deep voice. And so when it came time for us to kind of like, <laughs> they had a stack of scripts when class started. Hey, take a script, you know, and then he did his script. And it was like, it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> and holy shit, it blew my head off. What everyone, everyone's jaws were dropped. He was just like, you know. And now for the Super Bowl 52 halftime show, show, show. <laughs> and it was like, dude, he and this guy's voice was an octave deeper than what I did. Damn. And everyone was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy's the guy from Arby's. Yeah. Arby's. <laughs> we got the meat. We got the uh, meat at Arby's. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Yeah, there's a homeless, Arby's. homeless gentleman. We, everything has gotten nice and simple. Uh, oh, wait, I got to go. Hey, man, talking with you guys has been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm about to pick up some food and some Bev on the streets here. <laughs> I'll, I'll take you guys with me. All right, here we go. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. What a great thrill it's been. Thanks, guys. Bye okay. now. All right. Classic. That was great. That yeah. was a classic entrance and exit for him. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, there's a Mr. Rogers quote that I kind of go to once in a while. It's like, hey, I'm talking to you right now. Right now, yeah. you are the most important person in the yeah. whole wide world. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Nooch is like that, like, yeah. where I'm like, what are you doing right now? He's like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm at a wake. It's my uncle. Like, you sound like you're talking to me. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm giving he, the eulogy right now. Yeah, but he's always so present, even if he's like, whatever, you got something oh. else going on. And that's, <laughs> I bet you he was under a lot of stress and trying to stay present for our podcast. <laughs> as well as <laughs> stay present for like. That's just, pretty funny. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man, that was great. Yeah, that was fun. Fun yeah. in general. But I hope you call me now for now on. Yeah. I know that you got that system. That's yeah. cool. And now I could just patch, patch you. Yeah. Over. And I wonder if you call me and then I answer on my computer and I'm using a really nice mic. Yeah. If that makes all the difference or if it always still sounds kind of like it's coming in off of a phone. But who knows? We'll figure yeah. it out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. He covered most of my career. Now I'm back in Chicago. I'm back at Second City teaching. I teach. I teach. I have my own company, Pronto.com or ProntoImprov.com. We do corporate improv for people. We teach. Basically, what we do is psychiatrists or in psychology, we study psychology. I'm doing that right now. I'm in school to kind of strengthen what I learned to to make money in, which is um, teaching, you know. Life coaching, mentoring kind of thing. Yeah, through improv. Through improv. So it's all about listening. It's all about staying present, uh, group work, that kind of stuff. And i got a partner they, that I work with on this stuff, and we've been kicking ass on it. So it's good. great. Yeah. They, they go hand in hand. They really do. I have to say that improv has helped me. Yeah. And I went to a you know, Buddhist, spiritual, contemplative university started by beatnik poets and Tibetan monks. Like Crazy. And I felt that improv you know, followed me along through that, as well as doing therapy and you know any kind of creative endeavor or anything I, for that matter i honestly think that we are probably right in the sweet spot y- you and i with our interest and yeah. foot in the door with right. psychology yeah and then be the idea that improv should probably be taught in schools yeah i'm pretty serious about that yes. i know a lot of people are like well that doesn't make sense i don't know oh, what you're that, talking about that should but be in homeroom that it, should be homeroom. It really gives kids a chance if they're, you know, when they're ready and if they treat it seriously, maybe with a psych- trained psychiatrist or therapist around, yeah. it gives kids a chance to play out relationships. Yeah. And it's like, the, how else do they get to do that? Right. And then I thought I, I thought to myself, that's got to be a, one of my missions is trying to figure out how to get. Put in a curriculum of. Yeah. So people can get their relationships right when they're maturing, as opposed to having to learn it through therapy twenty years later. <laughs> you know, so. what, what, what was it from womb to tomb? Yeah. Don't, don't they say that? Like from womb to tomb. Let's let's do it in daycare. Let's do it in preschool. Let's do it in kindergarten through eighth and high schools, college. Yep. Everywhere in your career in your life. Yep. Oh man, I I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Why not? In the last decade or a couple decades, we've seen people really take hold of their physical health in yeah. that in in different ways. Now, mental health is going to have the same trend. Yeah. Uh, but I think you have to have another person involved with mental health and with physical. Everybody can do it on their own, and that's the biggest kind of and hurdle for a lot of people. I think. But and this is tapping into it, and 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 more than just your traditional. You know, psychoanalytic Sigmund Freud type way. This is more into the expressive arts and yeah. the art, arts and creative and, and and engaging fully in the moment. Yep. You know, I do. Yeah, and I think professionals who are working Fortune 500 companies or the kindergarten teacher or the fireman police, they all could benefit for some. You know, some some of this improv yeah, training. Yeah. This. Oh, definitely. This the I idea of being able to be more empathetic and work with people yeah. of all backgrounds is uh 
I mean, we're being pushed into that reality. That we more we and need, more. yeah, we need we need something else. We need something more. Yeah. And this this could be the very fabric of it. Yep. So oh man, that's exciting. Yeah. Pronto is that the Pronto name? Pronto Improv. Yeah. Pronto Improv. Remember that, folks. Pronto means ready in Italian. So that's oh yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. Yeah, thank you for coming. This was fun in that little that little. Oh Aunt my Dana God! Tanucci. Made my day. Made my day. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to go get some tortas. Oh, tortas. We're going to get some sandwiches. No, we're going to get tortas. <laughs> All right, folks. Till next time. Boop up. It's Night on the Town. I'm Dan. I'm Brian. And let's uh, oh, sweet. Let's get a little bit of uh, Archie Bell in the... Our, well, that's Wilson Pickett. Oh, was it? One, two, three. Two, three, four. Yeah, five, six, seven, eight. All right. Yeah. Uh, got to know how to hold it. Yeah. Like only right outdoors. Yeah. I feel it. Nah.